Praise God. In First Kings chapter 19, we're, we're kind of coming to, got to conclude this with Elijah's uh, answers for us. And moving on in then to Thanksgiving and then moving into Christmas time. So, but, uh, but I just believe some important things we're still gaining from Elijah. And I want you to know that the, the process of it is, is the first thing, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, know this, that there's a God's patience that's at work with you. And that's restful. It's restful just to know that the patience of the Lord is working with us. And it's restful to know that, that God and His great care, that I can trust Him. There's many, many things that God wants us to be able to activate to turn our personal situations around. And it's just like I've used here before. It's like having a crowbar on a construction site. But a crowbar is so vitally important when it comes to in areas of construction. Because a crowbar is able to move what a single arm cannot do. And what maybe your single prayer cannot do, and the load being heavy, that's all prayers do anything. Well, there are things that multiply the strength of our prayer. And we've got to know that, that God gives us that. If things are not moving from what you're doing, grow and find out new ways. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you an inspiration of things that you can do to move. Now, it may be just an area you need to wait on the Lord. Well, God can speak that to your heart too. But it's important when you're engaged in a situation, it's important that you have some idea of the movement that God is doing in that situation. Because all the time, it's not just pray and ask and wait. Because a lot of times, people pray and ask, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. And it never happens. Because there are various leverages in the kingdom of God. And one of the greatest leverages is when you're going through a midst of a great difficulty. You become God's personal project when you're facing pain and agony in your life. When it's hurting you, it's hurting the heart of God. When it's pain in you, it's pain in the heart of God. When it's disappointing to you, it's hurting the heart of God. Just like a wonderful parent feels for that child. God feels your pain. And God is able to relate to it according to the Word of the Lord. And God is able. And one of the greatest things in the Word of the Lord is to begin to... There's so many principles that we have to learn to activate when we find ourselves in that pit, get out, whatever kind of pit that is. There's so many things that we have to learn to operate. God's got to teach us. And I tell you what, every one of us are in brand new school because every more and more of God's glory is being revealed all the time. More, I mean, people are understanding things, stuff today that they didn't understand spiritually yesterday because the glory of God is revealed. And it's line on line, precept on precept. God's got to get this line down, and then God can give you another line, and then another line, and then a, a precept, and then another precept. So what I'm saying is we don't know it all. We don't know it all. We just don't know it all. We will never, ever know it all until we get to heaven. But one thing for sure, God can use whatever we're going through. And so we've got to learn the principle of God's vindication. God will vindicate His children that are in pain. God will vindicate His children. He will fight for you. That's why the book of Psalms is so full. 
It's so powerfully full of David getting in a hard shape and crying out for God's deliverance. There is a cry. This song says it. I, I haven't even noticed it till tonight. But this song says there is a sound that swells up in you. There is a cry that when there's a cry of pain that can swell up in you, it's like no other cry. And, and I, I encourage you to stop looking at the pain as an enemy and start seeing it as an opportunity to move the heart of God. I mean, just the suffering that Jesus went through on earth, that suffering moved the heart of the Father. And your suffering, whatever it is, whether it's suffering from, some, from such financial difficulty time after time, or suffering from uh, ch- children issues, or suffering with marriage issues, or just suffering with life in so many ways. Know that your pain becomes a vehicle to move the very heart of God. No man, get that down. Get that crowbar underneath you. And, and, and as, as you experience that pain, each one of us know the closest places that we all feel to the heart of God is when we're in the deepest pain. And I cannot say that enough. All of you know what it is to crawl up in Jesus' lap when the pain is so unbearable that you don't feel like you can go another step. And there's not a person here that sometimes that you have not felt that loving, tender arms of God that's wrapped around you in the midst of that pain. But God is not, that pain is not there, so it will never be alleviated. If that pain is there, so it can move the heart of God, and God can change it on our behalf. Now, the unlock as a parent is, uh, as a parent here, so many times my children have been in pain, and I could do nothing. But I'm going to tell you what, when God sees His kids in pain, God can do everything. I want you to know, God can do everything. And so when you're in the midst of that pain, quit seeing that as just an enemy. Sure, what the cause of that is the enemy. The attack against you is of the enemy. The assault against you. But that pain, God will use it to write for His righteous vindication to rise up and come on behalf of His children. When you're in the greatest difficulty, God wants to come into your situation riding on that white horse of victory and win that battle for you. So it's important to know that, that in this, as, as we can relate to the patience that the Lord's working in us, at the same time, it's God is patiently working with us, but God is patiently working for us. And God is working things out. There's not a person here this afternoon that's facing any difficulty that God does not already have a solution worked out. He would not allow you to face anything that God would not make a way of escape. So everything that you're going through, God has a path worked out for you. So we've got to realize that in the process. So when you face the pain, we'll face it differently. And just just determine, I will use my pain for His glory. That's I will use my pain for His glory. I will use my pain for His glory. A dear brother that I love to hear in, a, in another avenue of this same thing. He says, in your pain, you have opportunity to praise God in a situation you've never praised God before. In your situation that you're facing, in whatever you're going through, if it's, 
if God, if you're, if that thing, then God has, it's an opportunity to praise God in that situation that you've never, ever had that opportunity before in your life. Amen. Everybody said, I'll use my pain for his glory. And that's what Romans chapter 8, it, we, we look at it in terms of, now we're talking about Elijah, of course. But as we're ta- looking at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that's what it says. That we know, everybody say that we know. Anytime that you're facing anything, there's a knowing inside. There is a spiritual knowing. There is a spiritual knowing. I can't say that enough tonight. There is a spiritual knowing inside of the believer's life. There's a spiritual knowing that God in all, that in all things, God works for good. That God's going to use what the devil's brought against your life and what I've messed up and, and caused to happen in my life and the, what life has just dealt me. God's going to use all those things. But there's a knowing inside of us that God is going to cause it to work for good in our life. And God's going to cause it to bring him glory. And that is, and that is what I've been called to. That's what you've been called to. We're recyclers of pain. We are to recycle the pain that's being dealt to us by the enemy and by life. We're to turn it in to His glory for His glory. Amen. All right. So everybody say God's patience and our witness. I've got to learn. We must learn in, in the patient side of the Lord. We must learn to rest in His presence. I know no one likes to have to deal with pain, man, of toothache or anything, do we? But but really and truly, we've got to learn to find a rest or it will wear you down and you won't have the strength to, to the journey to move up into the mountain to find God's presence like you desperately need it to turn that thing around. You've got to, we've have got to learn to, to rest in His presence. There's got to be that where, where we just say, Lord, you're enough. There's got to be those moments in your life where, where that when things are really, really tough and if things are really bad. But as you begin to worship God, you can say, God, you're enough. You're enough. We know, because we know, we, we have this knowing inside of us that God's going to work things out for us. But at the same time, we've got to find a rest. We've got to find that rest in His presence. That's why in the book of Elijah, chapter 19, that's why that God would feed Elijah and then put him to sleep. He had to be, there had to be a rest found in His presence. Under, under the tree, under the broom tree, God would make him a meal. And give him water. That's what the angel would deliver to him. And then would literally wake him up and then let him go back to sleep. We have to learn to rest in the presence of God. If you're going to have, everybody, if I'm going to have the strength for the journey, First Kings chapter 19, verse 6, that's what it says. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake that had been baked on coals. The Lord prepares divine nurture, divine nourishment for us. If we're willing to eat God's food, man, I, I think I cannot say that enough. I preached on that this morning, but, but man, if we're willing to eat God's food, you know, I mean, some people just say it's not enough. God's presence is not, but I'm here to tell you it is enough. I'm you, whatever you're going through, the presence of God is enough to sustain you 
and to give you the strength for the climb that you will have to move to that higher place to be able to endure it or to bear it or to change it. But God will give you the strength for that. But you've got to be willing to let God food. But it's but but I want you to realize that that God I must and you know when you uh, when you're eating food that you don't really care for I found if you eat it enough that's what I found with my beautiful shelf that I live with if you eat it enough you will develop a taste for it <laughs> I, I got the mic this night. <laughs> but isn't that true? Man, if you eat it enough, you would develop a taste for it, man. Man, I was raised on a farm. And man, the food that we have kids today call trash, really. But man, how good it is. And how wonderful it is. Man, I, I just love it. But I developed a huge taste for that when I was raised on a farm. And that's the way it is with God. You've got to learn to develop the taste where His nurture is enough. Where when God gives you what God's given to you during your trial, during whatever you're walking through, during the time you're believing Him, during the time that you're waiting for Him to change it, during the time that, uh, during the time you really you're gaining strength for the climb because literally, unless you make the climb to get closer to God, your situation will never change. So what's happening is, it's not just developing a, a taste for it. It's so that God can nurture you. And God can, the Bible says, strengthen so that you will gain the strength, what it says, so that you will be able to climb. God has to strengthen you. So to do that, then we have, we must learn. We must learn to develop a taste for the nurture of God. Now, the nurture of the Lord is easy. I mean, it's easy to get to understand what the baked bread is. Bread's, bread's been the symbol of God's, of God's presence, of God's food, of the Word of God. I mean, bread's been a symbol all through the Scripture. That's why that when you went in the holy, holy place, that there was bread that was fixed there and laid out in its particular way. Because God's letting us know, man, this, this is the way God nurtures us And Jesus is the bread of life. I mean, the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Truly, Jesus is is His food. So we must develop that taste and that desire for God. We've got to develop that taste and that desire for His Word. Now, some of you are avid readers. And you don't have much of a problem, maybe, with that. But some of you are like me. To where that reading is not your best skill. And in the process of that, it literally takes strong discipline. And still yet, now Lane reads everything. That's why she knows everything. You just ask her, she'll tell you she knows everything. <laughs> but it, it matters not. I mean, if, 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 I find it, if I find it to fitting my delicate desires or not, I must learn to enjoy it. And I must learn to experience the Spirit of God. Because not only is it bread that was, that was baked by God that was to give Elijah the strength that he would be able to go for 40 days and 40 nights to move in to the presence of God 
at a higher level. Everybody say at a higher level. At a higher level where he could experience things that could change his life. That's what it is. God's having to strengthen us to where we can move into the presence of God in a higher level. That's why it was called the Mount of the Lord. That I can experience God in a higher level. That, and, and in Elijah's situation, it had to be a higher level than he had ever experienced before. I'm going to tell you what, if the battle if the battle that you're facing is severe, it's going to take experiencing God in a higher level than you've ever experienced Him. Because it's, it's, the, it's the experience with God that's going to give you the power. It's the meeting with God. It's the presence of God that's going to give you the peace and the joy. But it's going to be the experience with God. So God must bring you into a higher level of experience in Him. A richer, a richer, a much richer, a much richer relationship with God. And out of that much richer relationship with God, then, then you will begin to hear the whispers of God that can change your whole world. Or that can change your whole life. Amen? So then it has to be then my desire for the, not only for the, <clears throat> for the bread of God, but I must have a desire, I must develop a desire for the water of the God. I must develop a desire for the water of His Spirit. I must allow the Lord to develop that in me, that I will desire His Spirit. Somebody say, I'm scared. Well, you've got to get past the scared, honey. You've got to get past it. It makes me nervous. You have to get past that. You've you got to come to a place where you're comfortable with the Spirit of God, that you're comfortable. See, God wants to come to you, and God wants to visit you to, with us. And God wants to, and He can't do that if you're frigid. So God has to develop, He has to develop an experience for you to begin to experience the Spirit of God in much deeper and much more volumes of Himself. God must be able to pour His Spirit in you. That, that's why it's so important to just have encounters with God. We're living in a world today, people are so afraid to have, have an encounter with God. Because it's going to be the encounter with God, encounter with God's Word and an encounter with God's Spirit that's going to give you the power that was going to be able to turn that situation around. So develop an encounter. Go after an encounter with God. And so, and learn to wonderfully digest. <laughs> Enjoy and learn to wonderfully digest of that that he's cooking for you. And I tell you what, he's cooked up some pretty good stuff, hadn't he? Man, don't you don't you just know the wonderful treasures of his of his word? And you know what? I mean, to me it's just like eating what you eat at Christmas uh, not a pound cake, but a fruit cake. I mean, every once in a while in a, eating of a fruit cake, you bite into a delicious piece of fruit. That is so satisfying. And that's exactly the way that God's Word is. You may, you have to learn and to develop such a desire for it. Then when you, all of a sudden you begin to bite into that and receive it as nurture in your life. And literally it, the fruit begins to change your fruit and begins to change your life. And so God's desire. Now, in verse 7 it says, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time. Can't you see? I mean, why? Why Why can't an angel... Do you understand what the Lord's showing us here? Why can't an angel feed you all he needs to feed you in one sitting? 
I mean, he's supernatural. Because God is telling us the word. We cannot get it sometimes in a small setting. God is telling us there must be an intensity inside all of our hearts. If we're going to see this situation change, we're going to have to see some real growth take place in our spiritual life. We're going to have to see something. The Bible said, and he came back the second time and touched him and said, arise. And this time he explains it. He said, because the journey is just too great. Get into the higher, closer place with God is too great. Natural strength, natural human beings, natural ways of looking at things. The way you've looked at the word in the past will not survive, will not survive the test to get you into that higher level. God's got to bring deeper revelations of truth into all of our lives if we're going to be able to finally come into that higher place with Him. Amen. But there is a supernatural provision. Everybody say, there is a supernatural provision. I can be nurtured by the Lord. I love what it says in Psalms 149. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Version. And it says, His godly lovers... I just love the way the Passion Version explains a true believer. It says, His godly lovers triumph in the glory of God... And their joyful praises will rise even while others are asleep. If you're going to find that place with God, your joyful praises will arise in your life even when others are asleep. Some people don't care enough. They don't want enough. They don't care enough about life. They don't want to just be bumped around. Some people just like misery. Um, and they learn to enjoy misery. I tell you what, what, what misery I've had, I've learned I don't want to enjoy it. I don't want to put up with it. I want to change things where things can be right. Amen. And where that we can all experience what God has, has so wonderfully provided for us. So even if other people are sleeping, somebody say, I'm going to be the one. Even if others are sleeping, I'm going to break through with the Lord. I am going to break through. I am going to be the one that finds that higher place in the Lord. Amen. Verse 5 says, And as he lay and slept under a broom tree, says, Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was baked on the coals, and a jar was. So he ate and drank. This verse said, He ate it and he drank it. Verse 7 says, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him. Verse 8 says, So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength. Isn't that a more powerful scripture? If I will allow the Lord to prepare me, I'm ready for the climb. If I will allow the Lord to do, if I will be nurtured by his, by his food, by, I'm ready for the climb. So the Bible says, So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, isn't that a powerful verse? Everybody say, I'm strong enough. If I've been leaning on the Lord, I'm strong enough for this. I am strong enough for this battle. I'm strong enough to handle this. I'm strong enough to believe the Lord. I'm strong enough. Then First Kings chapter 19, and then we'll close with this part. And it said, there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I want you to circle three words there if you have a pen with your Bible. I want you to circle the word you. 
Because God's saying here that there must be an understanding of who we are. God must bring an understanding into each of our lives of who we are. He said, what are you? Not somebody else, not competing with somebody else in their life, not, com- not competing with somebody else's plan. God is interested in each one of us individually. Each one of us have this divine plan of God that is at work. Even if it seems like cobwebs and a mess, God has still working a divine plan. What, what, is, what is the type of knitting that you do that looks so bad on one side? Needlework? <laughs> I, I, I remember as a little child, I remember going in my grandmother, and she'd be doing some of that. And in the process of it, it would. It would, it would be because I was little at that time. I'd be down usually on the floor, floor playing. I remember that just as well. I'd be down on the floor playing, and I'd look up, and she'd be always holding it like this, see, with the bottom kind of stretched for me in that little metal frame that's in. And it would look so messed up. It would look so messed up. But then if I would arise, come to a little higher position, all of a sudden what looked like to be so messed up made a beautiful, beautiful picture. He said, Elijah, what are you doing? It's going to be a process. You've got to be involved with it. If God could just draw you to that closer place, God would do it. But God has to, it's a doing process. It's a doing work that God has for us. It's a doing. If I'm going to get into that place with God, if I'm going to be able to hear things that's going to change my world, change my life, it's going to be a doing work. There's going to be that which God can only do. Only God can cook food like that. And only the Lord can prepare the drink like that. But I must be willing to be satisfied and to receive and to develop a taste for that in my life that's going to cultivate greater strength for me to move into a higher place with God. God will help me do it. But then that third word is here. What are you doing here? It, it's not. See, because Elijah wasn't supposed to be here. Elijah was supposed to be there. See, because God told him to go down to the widow lady there. God told him to go down to the brook cherub there. But he wasn't there. He was here. We have to stop and ask ourselves, Lord, where could I have missed it? Where could I have missed this tracking? Where could I have missed it? Do you know there's so many things that's of vital importance there? Did you know your provision only works if you're there? Where is there? It's the place that God has directed you. Your provision only works if you're there. Elijah had learned he could not be fed everywhere. (laughs) He had to be fed there. 
I think that's a place in my heart, possibly there. I think it's very possibly a place in God's Word. It can have even location. It can have longitude and latitude associated with it. But the thing is, if I'm going to expect God's provision, it's got to be there. That's why God said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Here's not where I called you. Here's not where I put you. But you know, not only provision is that way. Did you know from protection in this life is the same exact thing? Protection of the Lord. Somebody said, God's just going to take care of me. That's not what the Word says. The Word gives a clear example that protection comes out of the position of my life. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortune, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Position has to do with protection. You couldn't tell Jesus any other thing than that, could you? Because, see, Jesus, because Joseph was at a position with the Lord, then Joseph could hear into Egypt for there are those that try to take in the child's life and Joseph took Jesus and fled into Egypt to keep Jesus protected and then when he was in Egypt another dream came to Joseph and and sidetracked him again protection has to do with here are there. And protection is not there. Protection is here. Place with God, growth in the Lord, all of, all of those major things that we cover in Scripture have to do with where we are. And we simply can't choose that ourselves. What are you doing, Elijah, here? when I had sent you there. Because there is your protection, there is your provision, <laughs> there is your completeness, there is your spiritual growth. There. So like I said, I don't believe it's just longitude and latitude. I believe it's position where my heart is with God. I, I believe it's I believe it's positions many times of forgiving others. I believe it's many times the positions of loving others. I believe it's many times the position of helping others. I believe it's many times, but it's vitally important if I'm going to expect the Lord power my life. I've got to be here or there.